0: Let me ask you guys, what do we think of the red jersey curse? Is it buried? Did we get a stay today? Were the vibes just too immaculate here on Canada Day at Rogers Centre? I I, I Honestly, I'm not entirely sure how I I feel about it, I'll be honest. But I will say getting a massive 9-2 win over a division rival in the Tampa Bay Rays, making them throw a position player out there on the mound in the 8th inning, that has got to go... A very long way in staving off the groans whenever they wear the reds. Um, I'd still like to see it as little as possible. Don't get me wrong. But uh, 9-2 win, Jays win here at Rogers Center. Welcome to Jays Talk on Canada Day, live from the ballpark. A very good crowd, a terrific crowd that was into the game just all day. Again, it helps when you win 9-2. That assault on Corey Kluber in the third inning, what, what was it, five straight doubles, including a walk-in there for George Springer, that was just a tremendous turnaround for the Bats after the, I think it, Kluber, I want to say, after the first two innings had thrown maybe 15 or 16 pitches, and you kind of thought, oh boy, look at the pitch count on the scoreboard, the difference between Jose Barrios' pitch count and Kluber's pitch count was as stark as it could have been through two innings, and then Kluber comes out and gets shelled by the Blue Jays in the third inning of work. So, again, uh, welcome to Jays Talk here across the network. You can text me at 590-590, leave your name and location to so give you a shout-out on the air. Uh, you can also call at 416-870-0590, 590 or star five 590- ninety on your cellular device. We can talk about anything you want, certainly the start by Jose Barrios, which we'll get to in a second here. The bats waking up, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. going three for three and a walk, right, including a no-doubt home run to left field in the uh, in the later stages of this ballgame as the exclamation point, as Ben Wagner put it. Uh, we can talk about the bullpen, Max Castillo going the last two innings of this game, uh, Trent Thornton, and the uh, debut of Sergio Romo. Lots to talk about here at the ballpark um I do actually you know before we go any further I want to get to the Brett Phillips thing just because people have such strong feelings about the position players pitching. Here's where I stand. I actually kind of like it. I don't know if that's a hot take or if that's like a dumb take or what. I kind of like position players pitching. I think it's it's silly. It's kind of dumb. But at the same time, it's, I think it's kind of fun. I'll say this. I can't see Brett right now. Okay, I'm at the ballpark. Brett's back at, at baseball control on the other side of downtown Toronto. But when Phillips came in, we have a little chat that goes during, uh, during the game. We, could, we decided to play the game. We do a lot of stuff there, kind of a peek behind the curtain, right? And uh, <laughs> Brett typed in the chat, Tell Ben to say it started raining. No one will say anything. <laughs> That's great. That's so good because you know what? I, 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 you know what, Tom? I don't know how you feel about position players pitching, but everyone in the booth—Ben was not a big fan of it. Arden was not a fan of it. He looked, he turned over and looked at me after the inning ended. After Vladdy grounded out with the broken bat, he turned to look at me and he said. This is bad for the sport. It's, it's bad. It's not good. And you know what? I, I think a lot of people do feel that way. I think maybe it's because it's Brett Phillips, because we've seen him do it a lot over the past, I don't know, year and a bit maybe. And he always kind of, he kind of hams it up a little bit, right? Like, I remember last year he would like check, the, check the belt buckle and he would kind of have the kind of ridiculous wind up, the leg kick, all the kind of, the, it's silly. There's no two ways about it. It is kind of dumb. But I admit I, I kind of like it. But as you heard Ben and Arden talk on the broadcast, I often wonder like who would be that person pitching, a position player pitching. Uh, you know, we, we I mean, look, on Canada Day in 2016, Darwin Barney and Ryan Goins did it in a 2-1 loss, right? But I kind of wonder who on this current staff would be the guy to get in there if it's a position player pitching. I'm not entirely sure, but I wonder if they have those discussions um, in the clubhouse. But again... I kind of wanted to get that out of the way because people, people are have such strong feelings on position players pitching. But either way, it's uh, I, I, I will say I'm, I'm happy it did not lead to a, a super prolonged end of this game because this game was over a long time ago. So, you know, at the end of the day, not the worst thing in the world. But I get people who, uh, <laughs> who think it's a little silly. OK, let's get to Jose Barrios. Five innings pitched he allowed eight, 8 hits 2 earned runs 2 walks he had 3 strikeouts as well he threw a lot of pitches in this ball game. for a, for a guy who went 5 innings he threw let's see 98 pitches which again it doesn't seem like a lot but again for a team that has a bullpen that has been largely i want to say decimated it's not not decimated right but certainly beleaguered is a is a word i've used very frequently for Barrios he got the pitch count rung up pretty often early on and I, I will say I don't want to like go out of there and make too many excuses for him, but he he got he ran into some bad luck, dare I say it, right? like those two hits he let up in the second inning, those were unfortunate, right? I mean, he executed those pitches. Pretty well, I thought. One was a weak contact blooper off the end of the bat. Gets down for a base hit. The second, he got some very soft contact. I don't know if it was Vidal Bruhan or someone else, but some very soft contact. Just dribbles up the third baseline as slowly as it could have, but it was against the super-shifted team to the right of the diamond. It's unfortunate, right? Look, it's just unfortunate, but... I don't know. I don't I don't entirely blame Barrios for those pitches. He did in that second and third inning dare I say. He did what he was supposed to do. run did score in that inning, but again, it was a weekly hit ball right to Santiago Espinal who went you could and you could see it too, right? Ben talked about it on the broadcast. I'm sure you could see it on the telecast as well. Espinal clearly thought about throwing that ball home and decided to probably wisely go for the out at first base. So it's a tough decision, right? The guy, the guy from third was running on contact. It was a tough decision for Espinal. It was a tough play, but I think he made the right choice in the end. They give up a run, but they get the outs. Uh, they need a couple of a uh, couple of batters later. I actually thought Barrios early on, especially he had a lot of his pitches going today, right? He threw a two seam fastball, a couple of four seamers as well, the change up, the curve, a couple of sliders in there. 19 1st pitch strikes. It might have that might have ended up a little higher, actually. I'm not sure if I updated this before the game ended, but. At least 19 first pitch strikes to the batters he saw today, and despite that, he never had an easy inning the entire time he was out there. Right as the game went on, he was less sharp. That's to be expected, I suppose. That's kind of how it is for most most pitchers. I feel like in in today's quote unquote MLB, right? But I don't know. It just when you when you when you see the pitch count he got to in the third inning, I think he was at 60 something pitches at the end of three. You would expect that pitch count maybe in the maybe in the fifth inning, let's say, right? Um, If he was particularly efficient, maybe in the sixth inning, right? Sixty-something pitches, six innings. I think that's that's probably the best possible scenario, best possible case scenario, pardon me. But I don't know, a lot of traffic on the bases for Barrios. He did manage to work around it. But again, I wonder where everyone falls on, is it, Do you give the credit to Barrios? Do you give the credit to the defense? Because, I mean, there were some, I mean, we talked a lot about how defensive positioning in the infield and in the outfield this year has been on point, right? I mean, I'm not just talking about the shift, and I know some people don't, not huge fans of the shift, but what I'm talking about is having guys, so their feet barely move. Balls go, depending on who is batting, balls go right to the glove of some guys, right? I mean, look, and I think it was in the, it might've been in the third inning, a ball straight to the glove of Bo Bichette, right there at shortstop, and then the very next inning to end the inning with... I think the base is loaded were, were both times, perhaps, but certainly in the next inning, the ball going right to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like right to his glove, just just between, maybe just a little behind the first base bag, kind of between second and first, but a great great defensive positioning from a lot of these guys, and I think Barrios did a, a, a very good job uh, today. And again, you can uh, text me at five ninety five ninety, 590 leave your name and location, and you can also... Uh, give me a call. 416-870-0590. I almost forgot the phone numbers. I don't have them in front of me. One triple eight triple six zero five ninety or star 590 on your cellular device. Let's get to the phone lines. Uh, Eddie in Fort Erie. Happy Canada Day, Eddie. How's it going, man?
1: Uh, good show. Happy Canada Day to you as well and everyone at the station. Um, I wanted to uh, talk about um, the Russell Martin ceremony today. Yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, I saw it was really, really good and 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 I saw like the uh you know, the uh the footage of uh, you know, his career and everything like that when he came to Toronto. I mean that was that was really cool to see and, and, and you know, he was like the first guy that came that really changed, you know, like the um the Blue Jays going to the postseason, you know, because like we didn't know who they were gonna get and he was the first guy and then everyone started coming and then that was like the big, you know, year that we had in fifteen it was really good and you know, I always remember him hitting that home run against the Yankees uh, in September. To uh, you know, you know, where the announcer in French was screaming "Russell, Russell, Russell." I mean, that was pretty cool, and uh, yeah, it, it was great to see him there, and it was nice to you know see how how much he enjoyed his time in Toronto. It was it was really really nice.
0: Yeah, I, got, I gotta say, Eddie, I, I think um, when I think of. That era of Blue Jays baseball, right, 2015, 2016, like that. Those years are particularly special because of how the season ends. The seasons mm-hmm. ended. Pardon me, but yeah. I, I also think that, like, when you think of the players on those teams, and certainly Jose, Edwin, Josh Donaldson, all the different guys. Russell Martin is a big part of that. And I always think of like how maybe that team outside of Toronto might have been very disliked because they were like mean, and they went up there and they they clubbed the ball at such a ridiculous rate. And Russell yeah. Martin was. Was right in the middle of it it's just funny that we have these conversations these days about um about catchers right i mean how many times have we talked about catchers and like the call the calling of a game and pitch framing and so on and how that's kind of not 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 uh not diminished necessarily with danny jansen on the il because obviously moreno and kirk people are happy with them but it's mm-hmm. funny to think back the dip- the different kinds of catchers blue jays fans have seen and russell martin is is one of the greats There i say
1: Oh yeah, and, and you mentioned his ability to call games. I mean, that was another reason too why, why they brought him because they needed somebody behind the plate to kind of help out the young pitchers. You know what I mean? Because he he was he obviously did a good job doing that in Pittsburgh. And any anytime that you see something like that, if you're a GM, that should not go unnoticed. And that was one of, that that too was another reason why I liked his, liked his uh, signing way back. And I was surprised, but a good surprise.
0: Absolutely, no, yeah. absolutely. Hey, man, appreciate the call, Eddie, and again, have a happy Canada Day. Thanks for coming on me, uh, coming on with me here on J Stock. And again, you can call us as well Triple Six Zero Five Ninety star five ninety on your cell on the text line five ninety five ninety. I wanted to get to a couple texts here. Um, I see one. Okay, I, I see a couple from Tom and Ajax. Uh, the first one, Tom just saying, I'm a proud Canadian. The red uniforms only on Canada Day. Position players should not pitch. Okay, you know what? Fair. I think, uh, like I said, a lot of people have strong feelings about the position players. I think that's totally fair. If another team wants to put their position players out there for the Blue Jays to take hacks at, hey, be my guest. I got to say, we all, everyone in the booth, when Zimmer went up there and took that massive swing and miss at the Brett Phillips uh, the Brett Phillips pitch, we all kind of looked at each other and were like, oh my good, good God, right? What is happening? With Zimmer here, uh, and then of course I think the what the very next pitch or the pitch after that, two pitches later or whatever, Zimmer uh, takes a massive swing and Kevin Kiermaier probably saved that from being a home run. Dare I say? I think that ball was like 405 feet to dead straight away center, and Kevin Kiermaier took the plucks that ball right off the top of the wall. Eh, you know, not really, didn't really wouldn't have made a difference for or against the Blue Jays or for or against the Rays in the end. But I guess I guess Kiermaier feels good about that after. A, you know really uh, really uh, botching that that catch in left field something you don't see someone like Kevin Kiermaier do very often honestly i know we we don't want, we don't talk too much about the other team too much on on talk, but kevin kiermaier is a pretty sure-handed fleet of foot outfielder i think for a, a very long time you don't see him do that very often but it did contribute to a big blue jays win today uh tom and ajax also saying Start stripling in game two tomorrow. Regular starter on Sunday, "quote unquote" opener on Monday against Oakland. They need every win now to bury Tampa and solidify the wild card. I wouldn't hate something creative like that. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that because we know the way it lines up right now is Gosman gets one of the games tomorrow. Uh, as of yet, unnamed pitcher getting the uh, the other the other start of game two. Actually, I'm just seeing it right now. That a uh, Hatch is starting, and Montelio saying that after the after the ball game, so that is confirmed. So there you go, Gosman and Hatch are starting tomorrow, which lines up uh, Stripling for the finale on Sunday, and then I guess for the first game of the Oakland series on Monday, I guess that lines up uh, Alec Manoa, right? Alec Manoa and Yusei Kikuchi for the first two games, late games on uh, on Monday and Tuesday, but. I appreciate the creativity, Tom. I actually do very much like that. Uh, Steve in Williams Lake says, fantastic game today. Very much enjoyed the pregame ceremony. Very emotional. If you want to watch it, if you if you did miss the pregame ceremony, I mean, you, you can probably watch the whole thing on sportsnet.ca on their videos tab. But I do know that via social team on Sportsnet's Twitter account, which is just at Sportsnet, if you go to their Twitter account, you can actually see... The um, video tribute that was, I believe, narrated by Jose Bautista, and it included some uh, some outs from Pete Walker was in there. Uh, Kevin Pillar was in there. Jose himself was was a, a part of that as well. So. You want to check that out? You can check it out on a Sportsnet social feed. You might have to go back a little bit to find it because it was from pregame. But but still, I think if you haven't watched it, I strongly recommend it. Um, let's go back to the phone lines four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cellular device. Lame in Brampton. I can't. I can't tell. Lame. Are you are you a, a big fan or not a fan of position players pitching?
1: Uh, I am
2: a fan.
0: Okay. All I right. Am a fan.
2: Um, I'm, a, I'm a younger baseball fan, um, and I, I find it fun. I think when a team's losing big in a game, I don't see the real value in throwing out a uh, real arm into these games. I think it's, it's, a, it's smart. We see how badly teams can get decimated by injuries. And for a team like Tampa, when you're losing nine or whatever it was in the eighth inning, I don't really see the value of throwing out a bullpen arm when, you're, when your team is already stacked up with injuries. And I, and I find it fun. Brett Phillips is awesome to watch.
0: Yeah, hey, Liam, I appreciate the call, man. I appreciate you calling in from Branton. Happy Canada Day. Thank you for calling in to Jay's talk. I uh, Yeah, you know what? I mean, you guys heard me talk about the position players. I uh, I I think for the Rays, too, it makes sense because they, I mean, we talked with the Blue Jays' bullpen issues. The Rays have some serious bullpen issues right now, right? Two of their guys didn't even make the trip to Toronto. Much like Blair and Barker were having that Tanner Houck, uh, Jaron Duran conversation when the Red Sox were here just a couple of days ago. They didn't come because they're on the restricted list as, due to not being vaccinated. Same deal for, uh, for I believe it was Rayleigh and Thompson. I believe they were placed on the restricted list. I guess yesterday, too, after Yarborough got the bulk of the work in game one of this five-game five game series, he was optioned back down to their AAA affiliate. So not a lot of options for the uh for the Rays, right? We saw Whistler yesterday. He only pitched the one inning. I guess that means we'll probably see Whistler at at some Whistler, pardon me, at some point between now and the end of the game on Sunday. Two games tomorrow and one on Sunday. I know Jalen Beeks is an option as well. I I don't believe he has pitched at all in this series so far. So I feel like it's pretty likely, even if he doesn't open for somebody, I feel like it's pretty likely we will see Beeks at some point, probably tomorrow in one of those 18 innings, maybe multiple 18 innings, but not a lot of options for the Tampa Bay right now, right? I mean, the same goes with the Blue Jays, but I, I think I agree with Ben and Arden, as they said during the broadcast, that uh, Charlie Montoyo does not seem to be a big fan of position players pitching. Although, I mean, look, like I said, in, in 2016, we saw Goins and, and Barney do it. I, I'm sure it's happened since then. I just can't think of any that come to mind. That just happened on Canada Day in 2016, so it's at the top of my mind. I just, I mean, if you saw... I don't know, like Zimmer, like doing you know doing the position player stuff. Would you be all that shocked? I mean, this is a season in which, I mean, not even season. This is a, a a major league baseball, a time for major league baseball in which starters just don't go deep anymore, right? Bullpens are deployed super liberally. Probably, I know, and I know some people might say maybe a little too liberally. Uh, at the same time, when you have when you have a, a, a dearth of healthy bodies, let's call it then uh, you probably have no choice. But I uh, I, I got to say, I like the silliness that Brett Phillips, and maybe Brett Phillips particularly brings. Although, I guess we did see some, uh, I think we see, didn't we see Albert Pujols pitch in a game, maybe like right before, The Jays were in St. Louis earlier this season. I think we did, but either way, um, appreciate the the call aim. Um, We're going to step aside, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get back to the phone lines. I see calls from Hamilton, calls from London, as we celebrate a 9-2 win for the Blue Jays on Canada Day Friday here at the ballpark. But you're listening to Jays Talk. I'm Show Alley on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network show alley with you for about 15 more minutes as we celebrate a 9-2 Blue Jays win over the visiting Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays Pardon me in game 2 of 5 down at Rogers Center on this Canada Day Friday. They're just starting to roll the roof back down here. At Rogers Center, as they're getting ready for tomorrow, the weather did cooperate. The weather cooperated today. I was walking to the ballpark, and it was kind of spitting as I walked past those ginormous lines as people were like trying to get those the springer replica jerseys uh, uh, truly crazy lines i may maybe i I just am out of touch with uh, how long lines are these days so I don't come to a lot of live games because we often do things from the studio in the pandemic era but boy that was those were some serious lines uh, so hey if you're listening I hope you managed to get a George Springer jersey there was a lot of red in the ballpark today so anyways I'm glad the uh, weather did uh, did cooperate to have the roof open uh, before we get to the the phone lines and the text line, let's get to the Bet365 standings update. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book with 63 million members worldwide, 19 plus. Play responsibly, Ontario only. We took a look at the standings. The Yankees have yet to play today. The Orioles have yet to play today. I believe the Yankees are playing the Guardians. I think that game was supposed to start in about 10 minutes or so, but I think it has been delayed thanks to inclement weather, and uh, the Baltimore Orioles are playing the Twins, so that's a big AL, potentially AL wildcard matchup. The Orioles aren't doing, like I know they're 35 and 42, but they're not they're not terrible this year, dare I say. Uh, but the standings are like this. The Yankees are 56 and 21 with the win today. The Jays are 11 games above 500, 44 and 33. The Boston Red Sox blow the 4 nothing lead to the Chicago Cubs. In Chicago at Wrigley, they lose 6-5. to five. They are now 43-34. and 34. Hansel Robles also giving up the uh, the runs, the deciding runs late to the Cubs at Wrigley. And, of course, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Blue Jays to play today. They are 40-36. and 36. So The Jays are a game ahead of the Red Sox with their win, and the Red Sox lost today uh, for second in the AL So that's our Bet365 standings. Update. Let's get back to the phone lines. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell. Gunther in London. I think. I think I've said this before on Jay's talk that I'm a big fan of bringing in robo umps and robo strike calls. I th- yep. I think you're on the same page as me.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Like listening to those games in Vegas is so funny. The other day, a guy got arguing with the umpire for calling a third strike, and the umpire said, "Don't argue with me, the ump. The machine called you." Out. That's so good. I, I, the I, guy I, I, I... laughed at the umpire. You know, like yeah, yeah. He, he forgot that the machine. Yeah, I just, I just find, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, challenging everything. Like I was an umpire for 20 years, and. I wouldn't like a guy challenging every call I make at first. But sometimes, I think with the balls and the strikes, it's just too much of a, a variation between umpires. Some guys are high, some guys are low. I mean, it's just too much.
0: Absolutely. You know, hey, Gunther, I appreciate, I, I appreciate the call. I know man, George
3: Springer does. I know Vladdy does. They get so frustrated that it's just ridiculous. You know, like, I don't know. But anyways, I'm so glad... Uh, I'm glad you agree with me. A lot of people don't like
0: the ABS system. <laughs> hey, Gunther, I appreciate the call very much. Gunther calling in from London. Happy Canada Day as well. Yeah, I look, I I've said this a bazillion times. I feel like right. It, it's just that it's it's not that I think umpires are bad at their job. It's it, it's not it at all. It's just that. The ball travels in ways and at speeds that is just truly, I think, too difficult for the human eyeball to completely, entirely comprehend. And, like, especially especially in the last couple of years, right? I mean, you got guys who are throwing just the the most, like, the nastiest kinds of pitches. I mean, Sergio Romo came in today. Sure, what, was he zipping fastballs in there? I think he threw, like, a four-seam fastball that was, well, like 85 miles an hour, like right over the plate. But he he got a strikeout with that pitch because of the, the screwy sliders he was throwing before that. And he's made a very long career of doing things like that, tying up batters and getting them to to hesitate and, and doubt themselves and doubt their eyes or what they're seeing. And it's just, though, they pitchers, that's what they got to do. But it's just, I think I would rather have the robo strike zone, robo... Umpires, whatever you want to call it, I don't know if it's a buzzer that the umpires wear under a jersey, or there's a light that flashes somewhere in the outfield. Maybe it's a different different ballparks. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think it's something that the game would probably benefit from. I believe there was a piece on ESPN from a couple of days ago, um, and uh, they they were talking. It was a it was like a, an interview, a wide ranging interview with. Uh, Rob Manfred, of course, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and he talked about a couple of things. I think he did say the pitch clock is almost, in, almost assuredly coming in 2023, which I'm, I, I'm completely here for two and a half hour ball games, as we've talked about when it comes to uh, a lot of the minor league affiliates. I've spoken to a lot of guys. Donnie Murphy, who is the manager of the Dunedin Blue Jays, former major leaguer, he told me it works very, very well in the down in the minors. So hey, maybe, uh, maybe it won't be such a bad thing having a pitch clock in the majors. Um, Pitchcom also, I'm sure, will help with that too when it does eventually come next year in terms of pitchers speeding up their play in between pitches. We saw that with Kikuchi yesterday, kind of saw that with Barrios today, right, in terms of pace of play, picking it up between throwing, actually throwing the ball to the mound. And uh, one of the other things he did say is that by 2024, two seasons from now, it's also pretty likely in some way, shape, or form, there will be some kind of robo-strike zone, robo-umpire, which I think is pretty interesting, right? But uh, yeah, if you want to read that piece, that's I, b- I believe it's on ESPN.com. Jeff Passon, I believe, uh, posted it on his socials as well. Uh, let's get back to the phone lines: four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Sean calling in from Hamilton. You have a thought on Barrios' to start today?
2: Uh, hey, show enjoy the uh, uh, enjoy the show. Uh,
0: Thanks. It, yeah, a
2: couple of things. Um, first of all, just listening to your show, uh, umpires. Uh, There was a recent um, disclaimer that across major league sports, whether it be basketball, hockey, tennis, baseball, that almost every sport by player, by coaches, by managers, by media, found that there was a lack of consistency and quality. So it doesn't surprise me that we're having the conversation about umpires being inconsistent. Because they are. But the interesting question is who do the umpires report to? Because whoever they're reporting to might want to pay attention. But that's a subject for another day. As for Canada Day, I couldn't be more proud. Um, Blue Jays, Berrios, he had a couple of squibbers. And if Russell Martin was catching today, he'd go out and he'd tell him those are squibs. You are pitching. Don't worry about it. Let's go. And Russell Martin will go back and Barrios. He got a couple of good outs, and, 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 but that's baseball. So we get the W, uh, the Russell Martin tribute, the Canada Day. I mean, come on. It it was such a good day, but umpires, no, I'm not a fan of umpires. I, I guess that's it
0: yeah hey Sean appreciate the call happy Canada day as well to you and yours I hope you have a fantastic rest of your weekend I um yeah hey I think uh as as for Burrios today I think he again he I thought he was doing pretty well in the first couple of innings he ran into the trouble in the third and the fourth and it he did seem to I, I think we also kind of like forget sometimes that these guys are just they're quote unquote only human, essentially, right? Like these are these are guys that when they feel like they're getting squeezed a little bit, they maybe they some guys I feel like, oh if we know what they come back and they're like maniacs, right? They're like man Max Scherzer. Remember all those uh, all those years with Scherzer in Washington, like right up until they won the World Series. And I guess he still kind of does it now with New York, but he like and he did it with the Dodgers too, and he like puts his. He puts his glove over his, ma- his his mouth, and he just looks like he's saying the most profane things to either himself or to the umpires. Alec Manoa seems like that kind of guy. Barrios, I, I've always got the sense that he, it's, he's not that kind of guy, right? I could be completely wrong, but he did seem to get, body language-wise, a teensy bit... I don't know, maybe deflated a little bit in the in the, those third and fourth innings. But again, he got helped out by some great defensive positioning in the third and fourth by uh, Bo Bichette on one play to end the inning, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on another play as well. I think uh, Barrios, again, I think it's, it's, it's not quite the bounce back like Kikuchi had yesterday. I mean, Kikuchi went six innings at eight strikeouts. It wasn't quite as an efficient outing for Barrios. Again, he went five innings, eight hits, two earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Two earned runs over five innings, I think you take, especially against a division rival that... You know the Rays had been relatively hot coming into the the week, not this series necessarily, but into this week. They had played, I think they had just played the Pirates. They swept the Pirates, including two straight walk off wins. So the the Rays were as hot as as many teams in across Major League Baseball. They had they were felt, kind of felt like they were closing in on the Blue Jays for that for some you know the wild card positioning as well. But uh, hey, they are also a deeply banged up team, and even getting Kevin Kiermeyer back today wasn't enough, and I still think Jose Barrios, you want to see him bounce, Not again, maybe bounce back is the wrong word, but you want to see Jose Barrios perform a little better, I think, Going forward, and again, five innings, we've seen Barrios go into the eighth inning at times this season, right? We have seen him do some crazy things. Remember he had the Baker's dozen strikeouts against his former team, the Minnesota Twins, when they were at Rogers Center a couple weeks ago. And so we know the potential is there. I think, generally speaking, Jose Barrios is the kind of guy, yeah, he'll have some blowups here and there. Yeah, he's you know even with that massive contract that he was that was given out to him, expectations are certainly higher. But over the course of his entire career, he will probably like he has shown himself to be a guy who will probably just end the season anyways by having an ERA hovering around four, and and having quality starts more often than not. So I'm not super worried about Barrios. I was I gotta say I was. Very worried about Yusei Kikuchi, and I, I think it's again something to build on after uh, after yesterday's ball game. But again, if Burrios can can maybe stretch it a little more, be a teensy little bit more fi- efficient with the pitching, I think um, I think the Blue Jays' rotation will be in a much better spot going forward. And certainly, I think we're I think we're on track to see Burrios either for the last game of the A's series next week. I think it would be the the Wednesday game or the first game against Seattle. I believe it's going to line up to be the Wednesday game. So. Um, but either way, we're going to see a lot of these guys uh, on the West Coast next week. Um, I did want to talk about uh, the the day Lourdes Gurriel Jr. had. He went 3-for-3 three three and a walk. He included that no-doubt bomb in the bottom of the seventh inning. I know some people were kind of concerned. People had called in on Jay's talk before and had um, texted in on the text line, five ninety five ninety. Some people were concerned with the peripherals, the power throughout the year. He was kind of struggling earlier this year, right, to say the least. He was really in the weeds at one point. But we also know Lourdes is a very streaky hitter, right? I mean, it seems to me that he is striking out less overall this season, getting more extra base hits and less plate appearances than previous years going back to 2021, 2020, 2019. He, he just... And it's obviously going to be even more stark after a day like today. I mean, he had that double to get that rally going. I mean, a, a rally. They were down by one run, right? <laughs> in, the, in the third inning. But still, I guess if you're down and you take the lead, I guess that's a rally at, at any point, I suppose. But either way, he is... a uh, Making better contact, the home runs slightly down, even including the one today. I kind of also wonder with Lourdes, and I, this conversation would kind of extend, dare I say, to Matt Chapman as well. I kind of wonder how much the summer months, and maybe the, I mean, the Dome was open today at Rogers Centre. I certainly hope it's open tomorrow for the doubleheader. But uh, I kind of wonder how much the warmer climates across North America, and certainly in Toronto gets, gets decently hot in the summer as well, how much the, the baseball's traveling a little farther Will help a guy like Lourdes. Obviously, it helps everyone, not just one guy, one specific team. Um, it, it'll probably go the other way for a couple other batters on the opposing team at any given night when the when the roof is open or it's a nice night out, but given that we know Lourdes is a streaky guy, I, I do genuinely wonder if, if maybe we're starting to see him get into one of those hot streaks as we uh, continue continue to see one getting into, into July here. Uh, real quick, the schedule for the rest of July, given that today is the first, if you look at the rest of the month, the Blue Jays are playing at home versus the Rays, at Oakland, at Seattle, at Seattle for four, at home against Philadelphia, at home against the Royals for four, then there's the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, they're at Fenway to take on the Red Sox. They're at home to take on the Cardinals for two, and then they wrap up July with a four game set at home at Rogers Center against the, T- the Detroit Tigers. That is a very winnable schedule, right? Like the Rays and Red Sox are always going to be tough outs. Cardinals as well, I would think they're what? They're at or near the top of the NL Central, but a Bryce Harper less Phillies team, still a little dangerous, but much less dangerous without a guy who's going to be an all star and probably an MVP voting candidate as well. Uh, Mariners, Royals, Tigers, each for four games. Like those need to be series wins, right? Mariners pitching pretty well right now. That series coming next week, but an opportunity to get in the ahead in the wild card race with some uh, some big series wins. But that does it for Jays Talk this evening. Appreciate the calls and texts as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball served up by the always game ready Jack Links Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side baseball fans. Jays beat the Rays 9-2 to and tomorrow we are here at Rogers Center for two games. 12pm Eastern first pitch. 6pm Eastern first pitch for the second game on Saturday night. Kevin Gossman and Thomas Hatch will start those two ballgames Uh, I'm back tomorrow for more Jays Talk after both games. Have a happy Canada Day, everyone. I wish you the best of weekends. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: Happy Canada Day. Oh, I love you.